the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the Heart of Innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org. In partnership with Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's American Heart Month. You know it, but are you doing anything about it? Are you getting checked to see if you're at risk for heart disease? Are you doing a double take on your lifestyle choices to see if there are any changes you might want to make? Heart disease, the number one killer, is manageable if you are willing to take the steps to mitigate your risk. Lifestyle changes are the most impactful preventative measure. So what's stopping you from making them? During this episode, we will be talking to Doctor of Physical Therapy, Ophir Isaac, with All Care PT out of Brooklyn, New York, about how he's getting people to take their health into their own hands. Cardiac rehab programs have not only a low retention rate, but even worse, an even lower compliance rate over the long term. Why is that and what can we do about it? Well, Dr. Isaac has a few ideas to share. Also, later on, you don't want to miss the story of a woman winning the battle against genetics and her story will inspire you to take the steps necessary to take your health into your own hands as well. So exciting show coming up. Dr. Phillips, I mean, this is going to be good. They're always good, Kim, but anytime I think we can discuss reducing modifiable risk factors in patients to help prevent PAD, CAD, and talk about exercise in the same show, I'm I'm stoked. It's going to be fun. And I think the more people hear that exercise is good for them, hopefully it starts to sink in and and maybe we'll get some folks off the couch and into the gym. Yeah, no, it's, 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 you know, I was just in with my dad's doctor, Dr. Sony, yesterday here at Marin Health in Marin County, which is where I'm based. And he was saying that he believes that my dad is actually the poster child for compliance and for how lifestyle modifications can truly change the course because he looked at his blood work. He looked at his imagery. He said, you have literally in the past three years stalled the progression of your heart disease. Yes, he's had three stents, but that was because he was being treated for the past. The doctor says, you're going strong now because you have taken control of your health. And he wishes all of his patients would do the same. But the fact is they don't. That's that's true. A lot of times patients who I see who've had a heart attack, that event puts the fear of God into them and, and they enroll in cardiac rehab and start to exercise, change their diet. But 
ultimately that kind of erodes, you know, that, that fervor starts to erode and patients slip back into their old habits. I've got one patient who really changed her life. And, and in fact, she's going to be a save my piggies guest at, at one point, but I don't know, two months after she had a massive heart attack and bypass surgery, she was hiking. So it was, oh, it was, I, I love giving a shout out to her. And then speaking of giving a shout out, I just wanted to call attention to the great work that you're doing with the weight of my heart and also you. getting, you know, hooking up with patients who sometimes feel lost. We had a, I think a great save my piggy, uh, save, so to speak this week here in Columbus with a patient who reached out to you and then ultimately got in touch with me. And, and these folks obviously are trying to. Well, they don't want to lose their leg and they want to get yeah. better, but sometimes they're lost and, and you're shining, shining a light for them and, and getting them uh, put uh, or, or I guess in position to uh, be in touch with physicians and healthcare providers that can help them. So shout out to you, Kim, and the and all the work you're doing. And uh, we should put a plug in for the sock drive, too. Right. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> producer Mike, with the applause. <laughs> <laughs> nice timing on that. Yeah. Um, so the way to my heart, the way to my heart.org supports patients. We provide high touch advocacy for patients. We just want to be their navigators. We think everyone deserves a friend in health to f- help fight alongside them in their journey, particularly with peripheral artery disease, which is that restricted blood flow in mainly the leg arteries due to plaque buildup. Three in five people who suffer a heart attack have PAD or peripheral artery disease. So February 18th is Red Sock Day for peripheral artery disease awareness. And so we have beautiful socks that were literally designed by patients as well as a registered technician, um, Jill Somerset, who has flow-socks.com. But they actually have arteries visible on them and labeled all the way up to the knees, or you can get the anklets. And they're our biggest fundraiser of the year. All donations are tax deductible, but you can go to thewaytomyheart.org and click on Red Sock Day and get your socks. You only have one week left to order. Can I share something that was strange that happened to me this week that was a little bit strange? So. And I think it speaks to exercising and and changing lifestyle. But I I had a patient who I saw who has had previous stents and was having some claudication. So his his legs were starting to bother him. And um, I got a CAT scan to kind of see what was going on with his stents. And I wanted to do an an peripheral angiogram. So get inside there, you know, look, look at his arteries through a catheter based procedure. And his insurance company denied it. Uh, and, and we're starting to see this now. And, and the insurance company denied it because I had not put the patient through a 12 week exercise program. And so hopefully what we can talk about today in the next segment, because this gentleman lives kind of in the hinterlands of Ohio and often I don't think he has access actually to a formal structured exercise program. And so hopefully we can I, I need some insight here as to how I can help him get this done. And then the other thing, too, that they said the insurance company, they could have denied it just on the grounds of him continuing to smoke, which I, that's the first time that's ever been, um, you know, positioned to me. I've never, I've never had an insurance company actually state that, but I did a peer to peer. So I talked to another physician who works for that company and she said, you know, frankly, on just on the grounds of him still smoking, we can deny this. So I think we've got to do a better, better job of, of reducing risk for these patients and getting their lifestyle modification in check. 
And in terms of a a walking program, The Way to My Heart has a remote walking program. We have the only text-based one available, and you can get the report uh, three months after after they've been walking. We can send it to you. So insurance is accepting it as proof that they've been in a walking program. At least it, it doesn't have to be formal. So I think we're just flowing right into this conversation about cardiac rehab. And I can see Ophir Isaac, our doctor of physical therapy, going, I want to get in. But first, we need that moment of inspiration, Dr. Phillips. Sorry. Producer Mike. (laughs) Dr. John Phillips. Spectacular, vascular moment of inspiration. I threw a dramatic pause in there, too. (laughs) Yes, I like the dramatic pause. Thank you, Producer Mike. I love it. That's the, that's the beauty of being live. You're like, should I talk or wait? But I, you know what? Producer Mike always comes through. So since we're talking about exercise, I wanted to give a quote or, or, or produce a quote from the, the, the guru of fitness, Jack LaLanne. So he died in 2011. He was almost a hundred years old and he was, I think, the first person to start talking about, or one of the first people to start talking about fitness. He was kind of a fitness guru, nutritional guru, and also a motivational speaker. And he's got a lot of quotes, but I thought this was kind of interesting or, or, or just kind of sum things up. He, he says, quote, exercise is king, nutrition, nutrition is queen, put them together and you've got a kingdom. <laughs> so let's, let's get on with it, right? Let's put them together and let's, let's create a kingdom. I agree. What about you, Dr. Isaac? I totally agree. Um, I always tell my patients that uh, most people don't want to eat right, nor do they want to exercise. When they tell me to exercise, I say, what kind of exercise? Is it walking to the fridge? And they start giggling. And I say, you're walking from the fridge to the TV. They say, look, I'm tired. I have, they're making excuses. Look, um, our bodies, our, our bodies are machines that have little little uh, engines in them called, called mitochondria, which are basically little pumps that create energy. And as we age, those little pumps get weaker and weaker, and we have to continue working on our, on our cardiovascular system to keep those pumps alive, to get all these chemicals moving around in our body. And exercise is the only way. There is no pill for it. You can't, you take, can't take a vitamin. I know you guys want to take vitamins for this. The only way to do that is through exercise. And it doesn't have to be intensive exercises that you're doing every day at the gym. I can, I'm going to give you guys really, really simple ways of doing that. Um, just like Kim said today, um, cardio, cardiac rehab is boring, right? Boring. Yeah, Agreed? you're on a treadmill, I mean, right? That's it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to walk on a treadmill. That's what, who, who wants to go to an office to walk on a treadmill when you have a treadmill in your house and you're hanging your, your underwear on it? Right. I have, a, I have a treadmill. I never use it. People want to be in a community where other people are doing things that are active in a social environment. Yeah. And you have to get them excited about going there. So I'm a doctor of physical therapy first, but I believe in lifestyle management and functional medicine. And I can tell you guys the on the nutrition side, Dr. Uh, Phillips spoke about is the queen. Um, it's hard for people to cut their carbs and it's hard for people to cut out the triglyceride-based foods like the, the fatty foods and the, and the, uh, the donuts and those, those cookies. So I would say if you, if you err on the side of exercise and you continue to eat a little bit of you know, foods that are not right for you, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So today I'm going to talk to you why um, I believe, uh, and I coined this thing called cardio yoga, cardio yoga, oh, okay? Like we're going to make it easy. 
cardio yoga is uh, cardio chair yoga, uh, really. And uh, it's basically based on a secret sauce. It's called compound exercise. Does anybody know what compound exercise, Kim? Do you know what a compound exercise is? No, but you're going to hold that thought and explain it to us coming back in just a moment right here on the Heart of Innovation. Stay with us. I love a cliffhanger. (laughs) Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular systems Diamondback 360 Athrectomy System, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is American Heart Month, and so we are talking about ways in which you can prevent having a heart attack. In your early years, even in your late years, I think my dad at 80 years old doing everything that he needed to do to modify his lifestyle, walking an additional two and a half miles a day and starting to eat right has truly led to a complete change in the um, course of his of his blood work. He is improving his heart disease. He, he is, but the point of this, it's like, why wait till you have an event? That's the, that's the thing. Life that's is short. True. And so it's stuff like, it's it shows like this in the conversation uh, we have with Dr. Isaac today. It's like, let's get all, let's prevent it now. Let's go, right? And so we were talking about what? Compound, did you say? We were talking about cardio chair yoga and cardio the secret yoga. sauce all right, let's was go. compound exercises. Compound exercises. If you guys are out there, I want you to jot this word down, compound exercises. And we're going to put down three little little ingredients that make up that secret sauce. Squeezing, breathing, and sweat. Squeezing, breathing, and sweat. Squeezing, breathing, and sweat. Squeezing, okay. breathing, and sweat. If you can remember those three things... That is, those are the, it, those are, it's like the salt, the pepper, and the sriracha that you put inside of the cake. And the, oop, the cake, the pasta, or whatever you make, whatever you're cooking, right? That compound exercise is, is, is the strategy, and the things that you do are, are the things that make the strategy work. Or the do, you need work. To do, do you need to do those all three at once in combination? Yes, and I'm going to show okay. you guys how compound exercises work. So, what are compound exercises? Let's ask the better question. Compound exercise. Kim, do you know what compound exercises are? I have no idea. How about you, Doc? You know, I would imagine it has to to do with, um, you know, kind of looping in some type of strength training and aerobic activity. But that's just my guess. Yes, they, they, it does have that. But the, the word compound exercise means more than one muscle group at a time. That's all it means. Oh, so traditionally, 
traditionally we were taught, oh yeah, sit in your chair and, you know, do the Jacqueline Lane exercises in your chair. Those are great. With one arm, you know, push uh, or, or lift one leg at a time. No, what I am proposing is to use your whole body. If you are sedentary and you can't walk because you have PAD and you have cramping in your leg and it's hard to walk, you can create the same amount of contractions around your collaterals and create blood flow and dilate those vessels in the same way if you use these three things. Now, why does squeezing, breathing, and sweat work? The squeezing part creates a contraction around your calves and around your thighs, right? When you squeeze your muscles, it creates a pumping action to get the hot blood and the cold blood moving, right? Hot blood is artery blood. Cold blood is the vein blood. It starts moving it up and down into back into your pulmonary system, into your breathing system. I was always told that the to think of the calf muscles as your second heart because you need that when they every time they contract, it's pumping the blood back to your heart, which is why it's really important to not just sit there for long periods of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Kim. When you use your calf muscles and you contract your thigh muscles and your core muscles or your stomach muscles, these guys, and you use breathing, imagine this this is happening. This pumping contractions happening. You're squeezing everything and you're creating this blood flow. So but the so breathing, are, are, now the sweat. Just, just sorry to interrupt, but like, are you, are you referring to just actual, not, not trying to, you're not lifting weights or trying to make the muscles stronger per se. You're just trying to get the blood moving. That's, that's correct. Correct. We are not gauging the, the calf. We are pump not trying function. to okay. lift weights here. Okay, we're not trying to build muscle. Absolutely not. What we are trying to do exactly, Dr. Phillips, is to create a co-contraction. Co-contraction means to use all the muscles at the same time to squeeze and contract. I can give you guys an example. Would you guys want to see an example of these compound exercises? Well, since we're on the radio, you're going to have to describe it really well. As I'll describe it. I'll I'll describe it for the listeners. Okay, so I'm going to give you five different compound exercises These are the motions that our body uses to do functional everyday activity, like going to the bathroom and sitting on a toilet, getting up from a low chair, walking, climbing stairs, lifting something over our head. Okay, these are functional patterns that we use, and they will also increase blood flow. The first one is called a bench press. I know you guys know what a bench press is. Close your eyes and imagine laying down and pressing something up with both of your hands, like a push-up movement. The second one would be a squat. You know what a squat is. Imagine hovering over a dirty toilet. I know it sounds disgusting, but you can't sit on it. So that's a squat, okay? You're just going to hover and hold it. That's called a squat. A shoulder press. A shoulder press is imagine lifting a little baby over your head or putting something in a tall cabinet and it's heavy, okay? Or a suitcase on a plane. That's a shoulder press movement. A pull-up. You know what a pull-up is. It's gripping a monkey bar and pulling your body weight up. Imagine getting out of a deep pool and your neck is below the water and you need to pull yourself out of the pool and breathe. That is a pull-up movement, okay? So we have the bench press, the squat, the shoulder press, the pull-up, and the deadlift. The last one's called a deadlift. Now, a deadlift is kind of like sitting on a very low toilet and holding a heavy 
something heavy between your legs and trying to get up without pushing and using your arms. That's a deadlift. That uses the calf muscles and the thigh muscles all at the same time. So I want you to do that. So let's do the first one together. If you're sitting down, I want you to do a let's lift the baby over our head. We're going to lift the baby over our head. So it's a heavy baby, and we're going to press up and breathe in, hold our breath in, and then bring the baby down slowly because you don't want to drop this nice baby, right? Nice and slow, and breathe out. And again, press up, breathe in, and out. And we're going to keep doing this pattern until we feel like it's hard and we're sweating. Okay? Can you do it? It's, we it's have to have slow weight. and contrived, right? Yep. Slow and controlled. Slow and controlled with a squeezing pattern. You are squeezing your arms. You're squeezing your chest. You're squeezing your core, your stomach. Everything is being squeezed because we're trying to bring blood to the organs. Okay. Okay. Specifically so you don't need to lift anything. You don't need to carry anything. Or if you wanted to, you could put no. a couple soup cans in your hands. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or, or, or think about lifting a heavy suitcase. You're standing on a uh, standing and you're trying to lift a heavy suitcase. You can do this in a sitting position. You're pressing that heavy suitcase up and, and using body weight and squeezing all your muscles. That's a compound exercise. But you're also are you engaging your core as well? Yes, I am. I am actually turning on my core by breathing. So when I go like this, breathing in and, and as I push up, I breathe out and breathe in through my nose. My core is always tight. And I'm using my diaphragm. Do you guys know what the diaphragm is and why it's important? Kim, how about you? Diaphragm for breathing. I, I what about like you, Doc? Sing, so yeah, I, I, I need mean, to yeah, the, control my, the, yeah, my diaphragm for breathing and singing. Right. What does the diaphragm do? The diaphragm brings oxygen. It allows us to get rid of CO2, which is what smokers have in their lungs. And it brings in O2. And when O2 gets into your blood... It brings oxygen to your legs and you will not feel cramping. The breathing is key. Nobody talks about the breathing. It also will prevent you from holding your blood pressure high. It will open and dilate your arteries. So breathing is key. It helps relax your body too. It reduces the autonomic response or the stress response. I know we have like 30 seconds left and maybe we'll talk about breathing in the next segment. But Squeezing, it- breathing, and sweat. Remember those important. three, squeezing, breathing, and sweat. But it's important, too, not to have folks, like, bear down, right? You want them to breathe Correct. these things. We, if you okay. can't hold, if you're holding your breath, it's not good. You can even sing a song. Sing a song, lift your arm up, bring it down. Sing any song or or talk while you're doing it. I think we're going to have to sing our way to break. And in the next segment, we'll continue this conversation. So don't go anywhere. My symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD. 
peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients, and we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our Legsaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Dr. Ophir Isaac. He's a doctor of physical therapy. This is all about cardio rehab. How do you prevent yourself from having plaque build up in your arteries? You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. Even if you're sitting down, Dr. Isaac has some great exercises he's been talking about. And it's all about breathing, squeezing and sweating. Right, Dr. Isaac? Yes, sweating is, I, you know, you just asked a question before. And how do you know you're reaching your goal and you're doing enough exercise, right? Like, how do you know? Yep. I would say to you guys, this is the magic, the magic uh, formula. You have to make sure that you're doing it for at least 25 to 30 minutes, three times a week, at least, at least. And you have to make sure that during the exercises, you go for at least two minutes on, 10 seconds rest, and one minute with weights or resistive activity. So I get this from a lot of my patients. I ask them, hey, how's your aerobic activity? What are you doing to keep act, stay active? And they tell me, well, I walk 10,000 steps or 15,000 steps. Uh, you know, I'm act, I kind of walk around Walmart and, and or at work, I'm walking a lot. That's not what you're talking about, right? I mean, you need no, to dedicate not time. Gotcha. Can I give you guys an example? I was at the soccer field with my older son today. He's playing soccer. I'm watching the game as I'm doing jumping jacks for half an hour. And in between each jumping, you know, a two-minute jumping jack trial, I'm getting on the floor and doing resistive band exercises. I have some weights in my hand. I'm going for 30 minutes nonstop as I'm watching the soccer game. This is what I call the periodization. Periodization means while you're exercising or doing the activity, it has to be very deliberate. Two minutes on for the aerobic. The aerobic would be the exercise that we talked about. The bench, the bench press. So pushing your hands in and out, breathing in and out, breathing in and out, or a jumping jack motion up and down, up and down two minutes until you're sweating and you're tired and you rest for 10 seconds. And then you do a weighted activity. So you put some ankle weights on your legs and you march in place with the ankle weights up and down for another minute, two minutes on for the aerobic for your feel like you're sweating 10 seconds break. And right away, set a timer for another minute where you're using weights or a rubber band. So what advice do you have for our patients who find it difficult to ambulate or uh, who, who may be obese and haven't really started exercising at all? Like how do you kind of coach them to start doing something that at present may not get them, you know, get their heart rate up, get them sweating, but ultimately that's, you know, you will get them there at some point. What are, what are some tips and tricks for folks that have limited ambulation ability so for folks that have limited ambulation and they can't really walk a lot and they're kind of more sedentary 
But like I said, using uh, walking in place, uh, lifting, marching in place, kicking your legs up and down at least for two to three minutes without stopping, uh, pumping your ankles up and down and adding ankle weights on there. Putting the weights on there is very critical because it'll create more contraction of muscle. Now, Kim brought up a a good uh, point. Let's get a reformer. It's called a reformer. It's a functional trainer. You can buy it online at Amazon for like a hundred bucks. It looks like a little hand bicycle. You can put it on your feet while you're watching TV and just breathing, breathing, squeezing, squeezing the muscles and sweating. Again, not, you have to do it nonstop. It can't be for a minute. It has to be for a good 15 minutes and then do my, my protocol, which is the, the deadlifts, the bench press, the squats, the shoulder press, and the pull-up patterns. Those because patterns, you could even just lay in bed. You could be laying in bed and you can do the, the bench press. Right. You could at least sure. get one out of the way before you even get out of bed in the morning. Sure. And and I'm going to put one more point in when we talk about compound exercise. Remember, it's a combination of big muscle groups. The reason we want the big muscle groups like the thighs and the arms at the same time. So another one would be, let's see, let's make it even more complicated. It's like math. Right. So now arms up and one leg up at the same time, arms up and the other leg up at the same time. Can you guys see this in your mind's eye or yes. Arms up and then open wide like you're hugging someone, right? That's a rowing pattern. Arms up, rowing pattern, leg up. You add and you combine those patterns, but you have to sweat and breathe. If you're not sweating, you're not getting a workout. I'm going to say it again. Sweat, sweat, sweat. And the really the point here that we're trying to make is it's not just about going on a treadmill. You can cardio rehab at home 30 minutes. Three, four, five times a week, at least three, right? And do a lot of these fun, different exercises. Make it exciting for you. Use the little foot bicycle or hand bicycle on top of that while you're sitting and watching TV. Maximize the time that you have while you're sitting or laying down. You can do it. And for more information, um, you can go to allcarept.com and get a hold of Dr. Isaac there. Um, He's a doctor of physical therapy. And so uh, thank you so much, Dr. Isaac. It was great. It was uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we're going to hear the story of a young woman who is not only changing her life through exercise, but she's changing that of others. So stay with us. If you have been diagnosed with plaque buildup in your leg arteries, known as peripheral artery disease, or PAD, it's important to find out what's causing it. Hi, I'm Kim McNicholas with patient advocacy organization The Way to My Heart with this week's medical notepad, brought to you by Cardiovascular Systems Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Why is it important to find out what's triggering plaque buildup in your arteries? To slow its progression, maybe even stall it. Yes, it's possible if you find the culprit that's lighting your arteries on fire. If it's a blood clotting disorder, that's even more important to uncover its source. Is it atrial fibrillation or AFib or a valvular issue in your heart that's triggering clots that are restricting blood flow to your legs? Could it have been COVID that triggered it? Might it be related to a genetic disorder such as factor V Leiden, protein S, or even an MTHFR mutation? That's important to have a discussion with your physician about, especially before you have a manual procedure to restore blood flow. What good is it to restore blood flow if it's just going to block back up again without mitigating the cause of the clotting? 
Knowing what's causing it can help your physician make sure you are not only on the right medicine, but also the right dosage of that medicine for you. Now, if what's restricting blood flow in your arteries is caused by the body's inflammatory response to something lighting your arteries on fire, meaning causing irritation or damage to your vessels, that's also important to know and to start addressing in order to improve your long-term prognosis. Here are a few of the logs that fuel the fire in your arteries, which are really important to mitigate with medicine and or lifestyle modifications. They include smoking, junk food, underactivity, stress, gut microbes, high blood pressure, dyslipidemia, which is high cholesterol, high blood sugar, known as diabetes, even pre-diabetes, and excess body fat. These are all factors that can be controlled with medicine and or lifestyle modifications. Set an appointment with your vascular specialist to get to the bottom of all of which are contributing or might be contributing to your individual presentation of PAD. Talk about specific blood tests and or get a referral to a hematologist for advanced review. Talk about medicine. Talk about stress reduction programs. Talk about a referral to an internal medicine doctor if gut microbes are suspected. Talk about available cardiac or supervised exercise programs. Talk about getting a referral to a dietitian to get that food habit under control. There is a lot to talk about. It's an important discussion to have because because knowing is power with PAD. It's possible to use this information to create a management strategy that could help you to live a longer, better quality of life with PAD. With this week's Medical Notepad, I'm Kim McNicholas, patient advocate for The Way to My Heart. Medical Notepad is for educational and informational purposes only. Always check with your own healthcare team before acting on any information in this series to determine whether or not it's appropriate for you. For more information on peripheral artery disease, go to standagainstamputation.com. And for real-time support, go to thewaytomyheart.org. Save by piggies. Your life, your limb, your story. With interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips and... Emmy Award-winning journalist, Kim McNicholas. Well, Kim, it's time for Save My Piggies, one of my favorite segments of the show. And I'm super stoked to introduce our guest, Linda Turgeson. And uh, she is the brains behind Learn to Love, Learn to Exercise. And she's going to share her... Learn to love to exercise. Yes, exactly. I mean, all we're talking about is exercise. So, Linda, tell us about your journey um, to stay in shape and and, and potentially prevent um, atherosclerotic disease in the heart and legs and and how you got inspired to do this and, and inspire others. Yep. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kim. So I'm Linda Turgeson, Learn to Love to Exercise. And I got inspired because heart disease runs in my family, which I know it does in many. Mm-hmm. And my brother and my dad both had heart disease. Unfortunately, my brother passed away from a sudden heart attack at age 45. And when we had the autopsy done, we found it was a second heart attack, and he actually didn't even know he had a first one. Now, this is about exercise. I love to exercise, and I love to teach others to learn to love or at least learn to like (laughs) to exercise, because when we like something, when we enjoy it, 
then we'll want to do it more often. But with my brother, uh, we talked about physical activity and also having physical job and just walking around. My brother had a physical job. He was a contractor slash a handyman. The morning that he passed, he was doing work in a couple's house. He felt that he had chest pain. And he told the lady, I have chest pain. I'm going to go home and lie down and I'll come back later. He drove home, went to bed, never woke up. Wow. And even though he was very physical in his job, it doesn't, it's not the same as physical activity, getting out there and exercising. You can go for a walk, but to really get the heart rate going, you need to pump it up, walk so, a little faster. So when this happened, what was your state of health? And were you exercising with these regimented opportunities to breathe, squeeze, and sweat? So I was exercising, but after my brother passed, I really started thinking more critically critically about how am I exercising and am I getting my heart rate up? Um, I also thought a lot about stress because that is really a big factor. And that is something that highly contributed to my brother's passing. He had a lot of stress in his life. But even though there's heart disease in the family, it doesn't mean that you have to have it. And I went to the doctor and had a checkup. And then she said that I had high blood pressure. And oh, she wow. put me on high blood pressure medication. I did not want to be on medication. So I did everything I could. I really looked at my diet. I got more effective and efficient with my exercise. I always slept good, but I was sure to reduce stress. And I was not on that medication for very long before I was able to get off. And I think it's very important to be your own advocate as well. My brother had an EKG four days prior to passing away. But I don't believe his doctor was the best doctor for him. So I think it's very important to ask questions, to research, to ask others for help, and to ha- ask others to help advocate for you. Yeah, and, and, and we don't do that enough. And, and to that point, it is crucial to not ignore the symptoms. Do not ignore chest pain. Yeah. Females tend to present a little bit differently than males with respect to having what we call an acute coronary syndrome or a heart attack. So don't ignore it. Right. Call the squad, talk to your doctor, et cetera. But please, because, you know, who knows? It's really sad what happened to your, your brother, but I see it all the time. And I also see patients like you as well. They come in after something like this happened to a family member. Right. And okay, what do I do now? How do I change my lifestyle? And and, and how do I start exercising? So great, great uh, motivation. Yeah. And it's really all about lifestyle, right? It's exercise, stress, your nutrition, alcohol, your sleep, the people you surround yourself with. It's, it's all of that. And my brother was only 45. And if he had driven to the emergency room or to the hospital instead of driven home, maybe he could have been saved. You know, we'll never know. So what was the actually, I mean, it's one thing that it was a catalyst to help you get motivated. But then what made you take it a step further, or I would say even 100 steps further, to then start learn to love to exercise, ltlte.com, and help others. 
So I wanted to help others because I realized, I realized, especially now, if I knew then what I know now, maybe I could have saved my brother's life. And I think a lot of people don't know, they don't ask, um, and we don't know what we don't know, so we, they don't ask the right questions. I a, and I really wanted to help others. In a medium fry. That's exactly what you don't want to order <laughs> if you actually do it. So we have our, our friend and no, fellow a, a uh, patient that he's on, um, hasn't muted his, his phone there, and he is ordering a large fries. <laughs> and I think he ordered a Dr. Pepper right here to demonstrate. You, you can't make this stuff up, Kim. This <laughs> is the beauty of live radio. I did a lot of research when my brother passed. His last dinner was a huge burger, fries, and a beer at a local tavern in New York where he lived. Then wow. No, not at all. That is absolutely. So that was good. You know, our friend Douglas just definitely bringing up a good point there, um, demonstrating a good point um, that that's what you don't want to do. I think Dr. Um, Ophir Isaac was saying earlier in our our program that, yeah, fine, once in a while to have it, but you got to, the most important is to focus on that exercise, right? That's true. um, I think that food is a drug. Uh, we use it as a drug. It really is a drug. It's and and in the last uh, I think thirty years, uh, westernized drug uh, called Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Burger King is everywhere we look, and it's available. And and it's cheap. You know, too. when you're walking down the street, yeah. you can get it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. You can get it. It's there. It's available. You got an emotional itch. You go in. You get a donut. You feel good. You're chilling out. It's like a cigarette. It's no different. So we have to learn that it's an emotional itch that we have to scratch and we have to be hyper aware and have good mindset to go, I cannot have that. Stay away from that drug. It's no different than alcohol or smoking. It's sugar, right? And those are the things we have to watch. So yes, you can have it once in a while, but you have to be hyper aware of the amount that you are having. Mm-hmm. Right. And and Linda, um, you were saying that your brother had a lot of stress. And so that type of food might've been what, triggered, in a sense, that addiction to the carbs and the sugar, et cetera, right? Yeah, he wasn't the healthiest eater. Um, And nutrition plays a big part. And I think a lot of times when there's heart disease, there's also other diseases going on, right? There's high cholesterol, there's high blood sugar, diabetes. Uh, My brother had also had gout in the past, back to the beer and to the red meat, And we need to be conscious of those things and work on the mindset, switching it up and know that it's okay to have in moderation, but we need to have other variety of foods and balance it all out. And coming up right here on our Sag My Piggies series in our The Heart of Innovation show, we'll have more with Linda and some final takeaways from Dr. Ophir Isaac. So stay with us. Hello. It's American Heart Month, and it's important to get our heart in action. I'm Linda Turgeson with LTLTE, Learn to Love to Exercise. I look forward to connecting and sharing some stories and tips with you during the show. I believe we can all become better with healthy eating, consistent exercise, and personal development. Heart disease is very common, though with improving our lifestyle, we can live a longer, healthier, and happier life. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. 
That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. So we're getting ready to wrap up the show, and we're going to have final thoughts uh, from uh, Dr. Isaac. But, but Linda, uh, first of all, folks can find you at ltlte.com and they can also follow you on Instagram at at fit with Linda is that correct that's correct thank fantastic. you fantastic so some just 30 seconds final thoughts take home points for, for our listeners so uh, for me I would say you know if you're having a hard time oh sorry Kim you're <laughs> <laughs> we were going to jump into Linda first, but either no, one. All right, whatever. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Who's that? So, yes. Um, thank you. So for me, I think making it fun, the exercise, so that you actually learn to at least like it. And something that you could do is put on some music at home and get up and dance. And if you can't move around a lot, just stand still and, you know, move the body. Move the arms up and down, shake the legs, shake the behind, whatever you can shake, shake it up. <laughs> Squeeze, breathe, and sweat, right? Right. Ofer. Squeeze, yeah. breathe, and sweat. Yeah. yeah. Love it. And I've got to, uh, real quick, uh, so Kim, final thoughts. I'm going to give a shout out to my burn boot camp at Worthington, Ohio. I, we do a lot of squeezing and breathing and sweating there. I love it. And me, I just started an aqua therapy. It's all about finding your niche, right, Linda? Just do something. Yes. Do something, right, Dr. Isaac? I say start with meditating. Just oh, even hypnotize yourself to love yourself. Yeah. Start with breathing. Oh, three or four minutes of meditation and train your brain to want to love it. Mm-hmm. Starts I love that. there. It all starts up here, guys, in the brain. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. This is American Heart Month. So continuing to follow us throughout the month, we're going to have more tips and trips on how to improve your lifestyle to prevent heart attacks, strokes, and even amputation. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and take a stand against amputation. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.